Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan, that's Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. That's right, food and football. The third one is flan. Flan. Good one. Delicious. third F, which means if you know what we're going to talk about tonight you should already take your first drink. But I'll get to that in a second. Sure. A reminder that all the shows on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network are proudly presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. What you you got there, Mr. Geary? Mr. Geary's got some Jenny. Because Food for Thought is, you know, presented by Jenny. We're very proud to have Genesee Brewing Company as our sponsor. Because since 1878, Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. They make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing, each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red Kolsch and Oktoberfest. And Imperial Genesee Stout. Brewery and Imperial Stout. Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. And we're getting a live beer pour right here. A it's beer a pour one. of a stout. A 45-degree beer pour. It's the, the can's a little manipulated. It's a little warped. So little it's warped. not pouring. It's, it's not pouring the way that I wanted it to. So if you are in the comments section or if you are not in the comments section, make sure you hit Either all way. the engagement buttons, like, subscribe, rate, review, hit all the things. Andy's in the comments section says, Mrs. Anderson requested mojitos tonight, so I made Ooh. mojitos. I have one for tonight's drinking game. Mr. Anderson, welcome back. Richard Rush says, go, Bill. JR says, food, football, and frog wings. What are, what are frog wings? Oh, um, like fried frog? Yeah, fried frog. Oh, okay. Not good. I don't, not good. I don't think I've ever had fried frog legs. It's not good. But I mean, it's not good. It would be frog legs. I'm assuming it's what, it's what frog wings means. Frog legs. Yes. Yes. It's not. I've good. never had frog legs. Not good. You don't need to get. You don't need to have them. I'm missing anything? Uh, it's a lot like duck wings. Have you ever had duck wings? Or how about this? I, have you ever had quail wings? I have had quail. Yes. It's dumb. Stupid. Okay. It's dumb. Why? 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 I guess is the question. With anything quail related, I don't, I don't see the the lure of quail. I'll love it with you. I haven't had quail in so long. I don't even remember. I might have to try it again. Karen like, says, with clocks like going back an hour Saturday or Sunday, we have to wait an extra hour till kickoff. Well, hopefully, I can get an extra hour sure. to recover from whatever ailment I'm suffering. I have some sort of nasty upper respiratory infection. So if I sound a little weird tonight, it's because I'm powering through on behalf of Bills Mafia, football fans, and food fanatics. It's really everywhere. just me. He's just doing it for me, guys. And Nate. 
You'd be I'm lost wiping, without me. You by the way, I'm, be. yes, no, 100%. I'm cleaning off my desk because I spilled a lot of that Imperial Stout on it. Because I don't know if you saw this little, there's this little imperfection up front right here. On the can? It's not, it's not Yeah, a, it's not pouring. Not a clean pour. No, it's it's not a clean pour. And that's my fault. It's not Jenny's fault. So don't, I'm not, don't, don't blame Jenny. Never blame Jenny. Jenny's awesome. No. Jenny. At least, at least, at least Jenny. Jenny. I love you, Jenny. I love yeah. you, Jenny. I um now my whole hmm, it smells like it smells like imperial stout down here. I mean there are it's worse things in life. There are worse things in life. Uh, if you are pouring yourself a Genesee Imperial Stout or whatever, be sure to join us tonight and every night for the food for thought drinking game. Quick outline of the drinking game. Take a drink if any of the following happens. Number one, either host mentions their pet. Number two, either host mentions their Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Number three, Nate's cat jumps on his lap during the show. Number four, Nate name drops a local Buffalo restaurant. Number five, the third F of the show is this item that's a subset of food, which in this case, it was flan. You should already be taking a drink. Number six, yep. there is a super chat. Got a drink when there's a super chat. Number seven, a winner or loser of the week is some version of all of us. Number eight, Bruce says, and what I mean by that is... Number nine, Bruce gives a fictional reason why his camera isn't working. Number 10, Nate openly Googles something during the show. If any of those things happen, drop a drink into your mouth and drop a drink comment into the comment section. Let's get going. Nate, the topic of tonight's show is chaotic foods. Mm. Chaotic foods. And I left this intentionally vague and open. You? But because I'm not able to quite monologue the way that I normally am, because my voice is failing me, I'm going to let you start with me. your chaotic food okay. week. My chaotic food this week, I'm going to a classic. And it's not really actually a classic. It's a, it's a classic, but a classic. Um, and what I'm going to tell you is I had a buddy who owns a pizzeria here in Buffalo, Macy's Place Pizzeria. A Buffalo staple. Drink. You're supposed to drink. Because <laughs> he dropped, got a, drink. A, I dropped a, a local Buffalo restaurant. I dropped a local Buffalo restaurant. So please, everyone, take a sip. Um, Nick did something very chaotic with the pizza. Well, frankly, Nick does a lot of things chaotic with pizza. But the most chaotic thing I can think of, the most chaotic pizza he's ever come up with, Bruce. Pizza bagels. On top of pizza. With pepperoni on top of the pizza bagels. So it's like pizza, pizza bagels, pepperoni on the pizza bagels. It's as chaotic as chaos can be. I had a tough time with this one, Bruce, because I'm not totally sure I know how to describe a food as chaotic, right? Because they're like initially the thought is, okay, there's a lot happening, right? There's a lot of flavors. There's a lot of what visual there i struggled to figure out exactly what chaotic would mean so i went with the most chaotic thing i can think of which is pizza on top of pizza and i'm not sure that you'll beat me on this one bruce but knowing you i feel like you might figure out a way because you did come up with the topic this week so it's very possible you had thought in advance like you had something in mind when you thought about chaotic foods um but I would think pizza bagel on top of pizza has to be as close to the top of chaos as possible. Oh, surely. I don't know if I'm going to top it, but I'm okay. going to try. 
And my chaotic food of the week, and this, of course, is in honor of Bill's Jets this week because I sat down and I decided I was going to watch a little Zach Wilson. Oh, God. And that's that's where chaos came from. It came from that. So for me, I was thinking about the super close-up on a frantic-looking Muppet. That is essentially what happened to me (laughs) when I was watching Zach Wilson film. But my chaotic food of the week is the Kentucky Fried Chicken Double Down. Do you remember the Double Down, Nate? No. No. All right. So, By the way, that that is going to be the theme of the show, by the way, is throwbacks. Yeah, throwbacks. Throwbacks is the theme of the show today. Well, the Double Down from KFC was created during a time where everyone was very carb conscious. And so KFC had this great idea that instead of having a chicken sandwich that was made inside a bun, they would have a chicken sandwich that had the bun as chicken. It was literally two fried chicken breasts that you would hold in your hands. And in between the fried chicken breasts, there was bacon Cheese. And I remember the double sauce. down now. I remember the double down now. So you won. You won this round. That, my friend, is pure chaos. Absolutely pure chaos. Because you look at it and you go, okay. I'm trying to draw a, a parallel with Zach Wilson's play style so far in 2022. You won't. And but that's I as close as you're getting. Because I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it. You watch me. I, I have to. I have no choice. I'm here. When you create the double down. Because mm-hmm. the way I like to think about this is that at one point, there was a guy who was sitting around a board table, and they were brainstorming, and someone said, whoa, 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 guys, 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 wait, wait, wait. What if we made the bun chicken? <laughs> and then a bunch of other dudes went, yes, that's the way to go. It's a little bit like the Jerry Seinfeld stand-up where he talks about the cereal life. And he says, how about the arrogance of a cereal company that we call it cereal life? I mean, there's a bunch of guys, they're sitting around going, I don't know, Squarey's, Odie's, what are we going to call them? And then one dude stands up and goes, no, 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 this is bigger than that. This is life. That so, is essentially my scenario when it comes to the I government. appreciated your Jerry Seinfeld impression. Um, it was good. Honestly, it was better. I think people can tend to overact the Jerry Seinfeld voice. Have you noticed that when people try to impersonate Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. Yeah. They overact. A little, little over, little over the top. For sure. But that's the way I feel about the double down. Because that's the fair. double, when I look at it, I go, okay, I understand conceptually what you were trying to do. What you were trying to do sure, is create a chicken sure. sandwich with less carbs by taking the bun out. Because there are plenty of people who will like go to an Arby's and they will order a, a like a like a roast beef sandwich with no bun. Because it's just straight protein, low calories. Yep. You know, you have bodybuilders, people who do that all the time. Back when the Big Montana was a thing at Arby's, they would come in, order a Big Montana, no meat. It was just a slop of roast beef. And Big they would Montana. Yeah. So I understand conceptually, but there's a disconnect between the concepts of what's supposed to happen and what actually ends up happening. And that's the way that I look at Zach Wilson, because I know what that offense is supposed to look like. Why? Because I've watched the San Francisco offense. I've watched the Green Bay offense. I know what that offense is supposed to look like. Yeah. Mike LaFleur is not a completely different 
offensive coordinator where it's supposed to look like you running around with a chicken with your head cut off. It's not supposed to look like that. I know what it's supposed to look like. But Zach Wilson doesn't play within the structure of the offense. So because of this, I look at the double down chaos and I drew a parallel to Zach Wilson because I go, okay, I understand conceptually what they were going for, but this is not it. This is not the thing. The actual human beings on the field or in the actual marketplace are not going to look at this and go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want that all the time. Mm. So for me, chaotic double down, the double down, you know, now, I mean, I, I didn't really know what you were talking about, and then you described it, and I I thought of a time, it, it's similar to the chicken sandwich that KFC has with two glazed donuts as the buns. How, why is it that KFC believes and feels they have to be as chaotic as possible just, just to survive? Like, they're fine. Like, right, it's not premier fast food. I wouldn't call KFC premier fast food. But, like, they don't have to be so dramatic, I feel like, right? I mean, like, they go to the next level of drama. Yeah, they're a little extra, not going to lie. Yeah. But, if anything, I think the, the fast food industry is kind of steering away from extra now. If you look at the, the Pete yeah. Davidson Taco Bell ads, and they talk about how, hey, we were a little bit extra. We're sorry about that. We're getting back to, you know, something a little simpler for breakfast. That's what people want. They're moving away from chaos, moving away from entropy to order. And structure moving along if bill's jets mm. was a food nate i'm gonna tell you what kind of food it would be okay what do you got it would be a bird dog bird let me explain a bird dog, dog. a bird dog is a invention by bw3s where they created a hot dog that is a chicken tender instead they have, ah. a hot dog bun. they have a hot dog bun, but instead of filling sure. it with a hot dog, they put a chicken tender on it. Sure. And they called it a bird dog. And they top it with multiple different toppings. I respect it. And I was at BW3's not too long ago. And the waitress asked me when I said, I'd like a bird dog. She goes, what flavor would you like? I said, you know what? There's three of them. What do you think? And she said, well, I think you should try the loaded. I said, okay, I'll try the loaded. But what makes you think about the loaded? She goes, well, let me stop. Hold on. How do you feel about things that are spicy? I said, I'm good with spicy. Now, is it just heat? Am, all I, am I just tasting burning? Is that the only thing? She goes, no, it's just a little hot. It's a little, a little spicy. I said, okay, so what makes it spicy? She goes, well, they mix the honey mustard with our wild sauce. Oh. And I said, oh. I like wild. I like the idea of wild sauce. Is that just okay. hot sauce? Is that, is that, is that? It's it's really hot. So okay. oh, it's really. Hot. I was like, okay. okay, let's let's do that. Let's wild. Let's do it. Let's let's sure. Why not? So after she left, I had never had wings with wild sauce before. So I immediately panned over to the gradient list okay. at BW3s, where it goes from hottest to coldest, as far as hot, most spicy to least spicy. And I started from okay. the bottom, and I kept working my web until I found wild. And the farther my finger got, the more worried I got. I went. Oh, okay. Sweet barbecue. There's honey barbecue, garlic parmesan. There's Asian. We oh, don't know why. Why? Why am I still not counting hot? Oh no, there's still no wild. Oh no. Oh no. No no. Oh, this is getting bad. And then I get to the very top, and I realize that the only thing spicier than wild is blazon, which is the you got the food challenge spicy. That's it. 
That's the only thing spicier than wild. And I went, okay, this is a, this is a thing. Are yeah. you not a hot guy? Like what, what's your, what's your susceptibility to hot? I'm fine with it. I just don't want yeah, it to okay. only taste like burning. I have no sure, problem sure. with spicy, right? I just want flavor. If, if the only thing I'm tasting is burning, I just, I don't get any enjoyment from that. I'm fine with it, but it just ruins my ability to actually enjoy it. Cause I want to enjoy yeah. things. So this game is a loaded bird dog for me. And I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. It should be fine. But the wild sauce does make me a little nervous. So you're saying the Jets are the wild sauce. No, the Jets are the Jets are the, the, the loaded bird dog. It should be fine, right? It should be completely fine. Everything I like on there, but there's just a little bit of wild sauce, right? Because the Jets, I don't think they should have won a couple of the games they won already this year. But through the ball bouncing their way, through some exceptional defensive play, Quinn and Williams been playing out of his gourd. Sauce Gardner's been playing well. I'm like, eh, okay. It's not because they're going to just straight up out-talent you because Zach Wilson's been a train wreck this year because wins are not a quarterback stat. Correct. But, but the wild sauce does make me wonder just a little bit if it could be a problem. Not because I think the Jets are a better team because they've already proven that they're going to beat better teams. Right. I think the Jets are a few ball bounces away from being one in six. Right. That's just the way it is. That is the beauty of football, brother. That is the beauty of the NFL, like specifically the NFL. So for me, that is, that's, that's the scenario. I know that they're five and three. Okay. I, I completely understand that, but I really, really feel like this could be a team that was two and six, one and six. If they had their buy, obviously, sure. you know, three and five, one and seven. Like I could see this scenario happening because I'm looking at them and going, okay, <clears throat> their offense is not great. Their quarterback's nope. been playing poorly. Their defense has been markedly better than it was last year, but a lot of this stuff's not sustainable. I can see they're just pesky. And that's the way yeah, I look at the Wild Sauce. that's a great word for it. Great word pesky for it. Pesky is the word. So yeah. it's that thing where I go, everything's fine, but I've never had Wild Sauce before. So I had a bite of my The unknown a little. And it was yeah. fine. It was completely fine. But I'll be lying to you if I told you I wasn't a little bit worried that the Wild Sauce was going to be a little pesky. Hmm. That's my metaphor. I like it. I, I see. I'm kind of going a different route because I'm not sure I believe the Jets are pesky, and which is why I have chosen. If Bills Jets were a food, they would be deep fried pickles. I love pickles. I love things that are deep fried. I love the marriage of deep fried pickles. I think they are one of the best appetizers you can find. And when you find a restaurant that does them right, Bruce, which is the chips, not the spheres. The spheres are not how a fried pickle should be consumed. They are molten inside. Um, they never, you never get the correct crisp to pickle ratio. They're typically oversaturated with the pickle juice, whereas the chips are perfect. You can build a really nice crust on the outside. You could do them quickly, and you're you're getting the perfect crust slash breading to pickle ratio. Just like any good pickles 
fried pickle appetizer that is the chips, I'm a house them. Like, like I'm, I'm going to eat them faster than I have ever eaten anything, Bruce. But here's the thing. Fried pickles don't really satiate the beast in me. Like, it's not like eating a bunch of fresh white bread. It's not like eating, you know, an appetizer that's super filling to me. I could house half a basket of deep fried pickle chips and be completely unfazed as I go into my main course. And that's kind of how I feel about this New York Jets team is I feel like I can consume them and completely move on to the next week's battle, which is the, the Minnesota Vikings, which might be a low-key game of the year candidate. Um, so for me, this goes in a little bit different direction because I'm not sure I think or I believe that the New York Jets are actually pesky, that they're actually a – I know that you didn't say they were a good football team. You mentioned pesky as the word, but mm. I don't know what to make of them. I, I, I think that good teams are typically driven by two things, either elite-level defense or elite-level quarterback play. And the Bills are getting both, right? So that, you know, that makes the Bills unique in that matter. With the Jets, I think they're getting good defense. And I think they're getting a lot of good bounces. And I think they're playing teams at the right time. They played the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson, right? They played, um, who, who else did they recently play with their backup quarterback? Gosh, who was it? Regardless, they've played a couple of backup quarterbacks. I'm not buying the Jets stock. Was it Denver with Brett Rippon? Yes, with Brett Rippon. That was it. That was Look it. Me, so man. good for you. Uh, it's because you own Russell Wilson in our, our Dynasty League. And drink. Dynasty drink. Um, yeah, so I see a lot of people talking about pickles are gross. So, okay, real quick. Uh, Mrs. Nolan, going to jump in here. Not, not literally. Okay. She's not actually here. But. Mrs. Nolan will straight up drink pickle juice. Same. Like, just chug it. I will, too. I will, too. From the actual container. Yep. Massive pickle fan here. Me, too. I'll do the same I'll thing. eat pickles. I won't chug the pickle juice, but I will, I will eat me some pickles. Also, an amazing snack because of how low in calories pickles are. Pickles are like one calorie. They and are. Can, They're an amazing you can snack. Eat any sort of pickle you want. As Ayo. many as you like. Oh, cat jumped on Nate's slap. Everybody's got to take a shot. In fact, you got to take a pickle shot. I think now, right? That's the way I it works. That's what that means. Yeah, Matt says we got to take a pickle shot. Picklebacks, so, yeah, picklebacks. That's true. Have you yeah. ever done a pickleback? I have never done a pickleback. Oh, Bruce, they make whiskey. I've listened very, to this Nickelback. Good. Well, of course. Who has it? Big Nickelback fan. Really? Oh, I love Nickelback. I'm surprised yeah. you'd be willing to admit that. Well, I think that's the most overstated thing in the world, right, buddy? He's also the, a Nickelback fan, by the way. The cat agrees. Sam, Samson. Samson's a big Nickelback fan. Okay. Moving on. I can't believe – are you a Nickelback fan or no? I don't think I've listened to – I don't think I've listened to new-ish music in – Nickelback's not new, buddy. No, new. I said new-ish, like the, the year 2000s and – I don't think I've listened to anything relatively new in like 15 or 20 years. That's weird, dude. Yeah. Like, like I, I just, I, I don't, all the stuff I listen to now is old. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I remember listening to Nickelback when it was on initially. I just haven't gone back and Nickelback listened to it. Nickelback goes hard. 
And y'all, Carl, totally agree. Nickelback is coming back. Nickelback are, is totally are coming, coming back. back. <laughs> are they still making I, music? Uh, I would. I no, they're they're not making music still. But I would say that. Oh, the I, love for them is coming back around. The love for them, yes, yeah. I'm. I'm. I might go as far as to say that I'm a Nickelback stan. They're way harder than you think they are. Like, way, way harder. Okay. So, Trey White was <laughs> activated to the 53-man roster. The food simile for today is yes. Trey White being activated to the 53-man roster makes me feel like. Nate, you're up, my man. Trey White getting activated back to the 53-man roster makes me feel like it is McRib season back at McDonald's, right? The McRib at McDonald's is often considered the elite time of year, much like the borderline elite menu item that it is. That item increases the value, or that item is increased in value because it's scarcity, because it's rare time that it's around, right? And I think right now, I would agree that Trey White is a top 10 corner in the league. I think for the most part, Bills fans can tend to inflate kind of the value of players because just like any team does with their players, they want to believe that they're better than they are, right? And some some will tell you that like Trey White's one of Trey White's one of the very best top two, top three corners in the league. And I'm I don't think I'm there with Trey, even at its peak before injury. I'm not sure that he was a top two, top three corner. He has been a, a top 10 corner really from the time he's entered the league. But like the McRib, the scarcity of it has made me value, has made us all value him maybe a little bit more than we ever have. And I can tell you, I'm very excited to have Trey White back in the lineup. Um, I, I know that you shared this opinion that him getting back in the lineup was basically the biggest trade deadline move that the Bills would have made. It's getting an all-pro level caliber cornerback back in their lineup. So to me, Trey White being activated a lot like you're back in McRib season. Wow. That's mm. good. One of my greatest tweets of all time was actually back before the Buffalo Bills announced that they were going to the white face masks full time. Mm -hmm. And my tweet was stop treating the white face masks like the McRib at Buffalo Bills. <laughs> that was my tweet. Got like thousands upon thousands of likes. And I was like, there As we go. It As it I have, I have gone viral. For me, Trey White being activated to the 53 man roster makes me feel like I got a stray onion ring in my French fries. Oh, I love that at BK. I like French fries. I am not nearly as obsessed with French fries as Mrs. Nolan is. Mrs. Nolan is a huge French fry person. I will often choose a different side. If it's an option, like I'm at a restaurant okay. and I say, oh, and they say, oh, it's fries. Okay. With that. The first thing I'll say is what are my other options? And if they tell me onion rings or cheese curds or things like yep. that, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll do something like that, but I'm fine with fries. Fries are fine. But if I order fries and I get a bonus onion ring, I'm playing with house money. Listen, I was already going to enjoy that meal. I was already sitting 
in the parking spot after we got out of the drive-thru. Sure. And Mrs. Nolan and I are sitting there. We're talking. We're divvying up the food. Maybe the radio's on. You never know. Probably Christmas music because Mrs. Nolan. So we're already psyched. I'm already psyched to unwrap that sandwich and whatever that is. And I pull open the fries. And I'm like, man, this was already a good day. It was already a good moment. I'm sitting here in the car with Mrs. Nolan. We're going to eat some food. We're going to talk. How can life possibly be better than this? And then, and then it happens. And then it happens. And then it happens. You get a stray onion ring. Love a stray onion And the ring. first time you get it, there's always this little bit of hesitation. Because you don't know if it's a stray onion ring or if it's like a piece of like fryer debris. That's yeah, stuck in right. the bottom. And the right? last thing you want is like fryer debris, which is right. something that's just been sitting in the fryer for an so hour. Like, oh, we better pull this. Yeah. You dig down and you grab it. Just like the Trey White thing, right? You really, really hope that it is what you think it's going to be. Sure. Right? You hope the Trey White coming back is what you think it's going it, to be. And, and Bruce, it's never a full onion ring. It's like it's like a little little bit of, of onion ring. It's not like the full ring itself. Absolutely. It's like a stubby ring. For me, that's what it's like to get Trey White back. Listen, I was already enjoying the defensive play this year, right? But I'll tell you what, couldn't happen at a better time. Jordan Poyer's banged up. Micah Hyde's gone. There's a possibility Jordan Poyer could be out for weeks and weeks. We could use some reinforcements in that secondary. All of a sudden, cornerback depth becomes an extremely important part extremely meaningful part of this team after holy cow how long we've been preaching about that forever it seems it seems like it's been a long time trey white being activated to the 53 million roster makes me feel like i got a stray onion ring in my french fries that's a really good one bruce that might be one of the best ones we've had yet here on the show because it's so it's so unique it's so niche We, we we go hard here on Food for Thought. No, we do. We, we, deep, deep we cuts. do go hard. Super deep cuts. It's almost exclusively deep cuts on the show. This show is a deep cut. Bruce exclusively, even. Yeah. Oh, Moving along. Yes, we, we have an email to get to. Yes, I and it's from email. Alex. And Alex says, good afternoon, Bruce. I hope you're having a great week. My name is Alex, and I'm a first-time emailer. Mm. Thank you, Alex. I am a longtime listener going back to the Nick and Nolan days. Boy, did we have some excellent dates. But as with Jordan Phillips and the cards, it was just not meant to be. I wanted to reach out about a debate I was having while tailgating at the Sunday night game versus the Packers. The debate is something I think only you and Nate are uniquely qualified to weigh in on. Mm. The debate was this. If you were to make a koozie out of food, what food would you choose as you are a man who loves framing the rules we put in place is number Mm. one, it needs to be something you can eat while drinking. And number two, it has to be at least adjacent to functional. We always assume that everything is sterile and sanitized. So no need to worry about germs. What do you think? Thank you for all you do. I'm always looking forward to the Bruce exclusive during the week and excited to hear food for thought on Saturday as a habitual podcast Listener, go Bills. So, Alex, are we functionality is a big part of this, which I think makes it tough. Is the functionality of it is keeping cold in? 
I have an answer. I'm going to go first. Okay. And I'm going to let you think. Okay. The answer is non. You're going to make a koozie mm. out of non. I love non is a flatbread that is Asian, Indian sort of based. Indian. Indian. Right? Yeah. So. But non so, is cooked very particular. Correct. So I love non. Huge non guy. Same. Same. I could dip naan in so many things. Naan and hummus is, is fantastic. Yes, it is. Using naan to like make different types of like flatbreads is awesome. You put some olive oil yep. and tomatoes and you know mm. oh, garlic less. and some yes. basil on it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. So I love naan. Naan has the right texture, that, that little bit of spongy, insulated texture to be yep. able to help keep your beer cool. But in addition... It's a bread, which means it can do what when you're drinking, Nate? Act as a, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, as an insulator of your stomach? Yep. Soaks up the alcohol. So gotcha. you need to get a heavy carb. It functions as intended. I was so proud of this answer, Nate. Mm. So proud of this answer. For me. I think it's a good answer. The answer is I'm going to make a non-koozie for my Genesee Brewing Company alcoholic beverage hmm. okay do you have something or do you need me to stall i just i think it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard to top non because i was thinking like some sort of bread like substance right um the only other thing i was thinking of is like what can be molded i, I think that's an important part of this right what's like what can be sure. molded around your drink but also serve functionally as a food I want to tell you like Italian sausage, right? But what you'd have to do, you'd have to, you'd have to cut the lining. You have to remove the, the ground meat into a tray, wrap it around, and then cook it around it. your drink. This is it. Nate, you know how they do the sausage for a scotch egg? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you're doing. Exactly. You're doing a scotch exactly. egg around the beer. Around your beer, yeah. Right. Instead of there being an actual egg inside of there, it's just, it, it's, it's just beer. It would work even better if it was scotch. It would work incredibly Get well it? if it was scotch. a scotch egg. Scotch oh egg. my gosh. Did I think we just changed the game, Nate. We just changed the game. We always change games. People, we make the rules. So people think that we're just sitting here shooting from the hip. We're innovators, Nate. That's what we're Constantly doing on this podcast. Innovating. Constantly, Constantly innovating. innovating. Matt, thank you so much for the super chat. Make sure everybody drinks no matter what. We need to get the Trey White Goalie Academy swag. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Matt, thank you for bringing this up. We need Trey White Goalie Academy swag. Yes, we do. We need it back. You know, I don't own a single piece of Trey White Goalie Academy swag. I don't I do not do I, I don't really own a lot of Bill swag. I feel like I, I don't really have a good reason for it. Actually, so much sober is that the home opener this year. I got in. And I have one, I, I look through my thing. Now, I've got some winter apparel. You know, a winter hat, Bill's gloves, a Bill's scarf. But I don't have any functional, like, casual wear Bill stuff. So, I have a, um, like, a windbreaker, thin Bill's windbreaker. Home opener, I decided I'm going to the Bill store. I'm going to buy myself something. 
So, Bruce, I bought myself this. It's great. You've probably seen it on the sidelines. It's a quarter zip, but it's short sleeve. Right. It has like the white, you know, so on, so on here. It's got bills right here on the left um, chest spot. And I wore that for the home opener. The following week, I wore it for the, or I did not wear it for the Dolphins game. The Bills lost. Well, now since then, it. I have worn the same thing. It's a red Under Armour long sleeve with the Bills quarter zip, three quarter sleeve, and gray pull up pants. I've worn that same outfit ever since. The Bills are undefeated. So I, I'm a little stitious, Bruce. I'm not like superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. But a little stitious, sure. I'm a little stitious, and I find I kind of feel like I have a bit of a. Um, I, I feel like part of the you have a cosmic connection. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel like connection. I feel responsible for their success. Sure. Yeah, I get that. I but I don't really own a lot of Bills gear. I should own more, frankly. But how can you own more when you own as many golf? pieces of apparel as i do there's only so much there's only a finite space in your closet there is sounds like we need bigger closets winners and losers this week in the nfl losers of course nate's closet but (laughs) the winner in the nfl for me this week is tj hawkinson Ooh. tj hawkinson getting traded to the minnesota vikings is a rare opportunity for him to have a second chance to capture the promise that comes from being a top 10 pick at tight end. Everybody's perception of TJ Hawkinson's career has all been the same. Yeah, he's been fine. Fine. Yeah. Every, yeah. Literally everyone you talk to will say fine. Fine. Yep. Fine. Not, 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 not a bust, not a star. Fine. He's fine. And there's an opportunity with Justin Jefferson taking away so much attention and with Kevin O'Connell, who's been coordinating a really impressive offense in Minnesota to be able to catch the volume of passes that are going to let him compete for a meaningful tight end contract. And I think that anytime you have an opportunity where you think, you know what your market's going to look like. And now all of a sudden there's an opportunity for your market to look very, very different. That's a W for me. Yep. So for me, TJ Hawkinson. Nate, what you got? My biggest winner this week, Devin Duvernay. And the big reason is, is obviously the injury to Rashad Bateman, it's tough. And the thing that, about Devin Duvernay is coming into the season, he was at best, at best, Bruce, the third passing option in this offense. And the third passing option in the Baltimore Ravens pass offense Not so great, but now he's become, when all things are functioning properly, at worst, he's now the number two option, Bruce. And I think that's a huge, huge jump for Devin Duvernay, who I think does a little bit of everything. He can run the football. They've done that. They've unleashed him on that route in that kind of way. He can return kicks. He might be the most dynamic kick returner in football. And now he's going to get a chance to actually be like a de facto number one wide receiver. So... In the age of trying to show that you can take on more, Devin Duvernay might make himself some serious money this this season by being a number one receiver. He's likely going to have – well, 
if he doesn't already have career year stats in terms of a pass catcher, he's going to. Um, he's likely going to have a career year in terms of rushing yards. And he returned a kick in the second game of the season already. Um, Devin Duvernay is an overwhelming winner from this week, having Rashad Bateman go out for the rest of the season. Biggest loser of the week. Nate, who's your biggest loser? Colts. Back-to-back weeks, maybe. I mean, benching Matt Ryan the way that they did after paying him what they did. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to make of the Colts, Bruce. They are a conundrum unlike any conundrum, right? Because they go out this offseason and you're thinking, I mean, Bruce, there was a lot of folks that had this Indianapolis Colts team as the second best team behind the Bills in the AFC. This offseason, right? They go out, they get Stephon Gilmore. And obviously, they've got Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league. No no argument there, right? And you like what you saw from Michael Pittman. He's going to take a step. They drafted Alec Pierce. They drafted Jelani Woods, right? Like, oh, they've got some pieces there defensively. They're, they're you know, they've got Shaq Leonard. They've got DeForest Buckner. Um, it's a joke. Indianapolis is one of the worst teams in football. They basically were forced to bench Matt Ryan. And, and Bruce, they weren't forced to bench Matt Ryan because he was so bad. They were forced to bench Matt Ryan because they could not protect him. They could not keep him upright. They couldn't even give him an opportunity to press the ball down the field, even though he can't. I mean, his arm is shot. I mean, he his arm was shot last year, two years ago. So they had to know what they were getting in terms of what was left in the tank. I think the disappointing thing for them is that they just simply could not protect him. Bruce, they have, might have the worst offensive line in football. It's bad, and I'm a big Quentin Nelson fan. It's not looked good for Q this year. It's just nothing has worked the way that it was supposed to in Indianapolis. They trade Naeem Hines now after, first of all, the re-signing of Naeem Hines. Has any move made less sense, Bruce? Very, very few moves have made Signing less sense. Signing your backup running back, and then the next season, essentially, jettisoning him to like a very, very specialized role. He does. He did. He wasn't returning punts. He really wasn't their pass catching back. They were using Jonathan Taylor more. He wasn't their third down back. They were basically playing Jonathan Taylor eighty five percent of the snaps, and they're out there spending four million dollars for a player who they just you know didn't use. Bruce, I like Frank Reich a lot, but it's obvious that team's success was heavily influenced heavily influenced by Philadelphia's head coach, Nick Sirianni. Because since he's gone, Bruce, it's been ugly in Indianapolis. They fired their offensive coordinator. But Frank Wright, Frank Wright calls those plays, Bruce. He calls those plays. He scapegoated their their offensive coordinator. Marcus Brady, I want to say his name is? Yeah. I... I I just I don't know how Ballard and Frank Reich can can make it through this this full season. I I don't if they do, Bruce. Ursay Ursay's got a lot of problems. I think Ursay and that franchise have a lot of problems. Chris Ballard is Ryan Grigson when you pull the on Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. When you pull the head, it's just Ryan Grigson under there, and Ballard was touted as this, un, you know, like, oh, man, what a great 
scout. What a he's a phony. He's an absolute phony. That that roster's a joke. It's not deep. It's top heavy, and the top is not good either, Bruce. The Indianapolis Colts are this week and maybe this year's loser. Carl is in the comment section. He says, I remember a Food for Thought episode where Bruce was pra- praising Rashad Bateman. I drafted him based on the hype. So <clears throat> Bateman Tough. opened Bateman, Bateman opened the year with two double-digit back-to-back fantasy performances and then broke his foot. I mean, yep. Tough. I, 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 <laughs> I'm cool with that. Like, I'm fine with the projections right. as they go. Uh, I can't I can't predict that. So Carl says he still trusts my opinion, so I I appreciate that. For me, yeah. biggest loser this week was your biggest winner a couple weeks ago. It's Jared Goff. Yeah. Jared Goff. The Lions are one and six. Yeah. They traded away TJ Hawkinson. They have decided that this is it. They've made the call that this is it, in my opinion. So Jared Goff's career resurgence, the uh, the revolution is not going to be too televised. Bad because what's no happening in Detroit is not his fault. <clears throat> no, it's not. But if you look at Jared Goff and you look at his performances, specifically, let's say that you're a, let's say that you're a fantasy owner, right? And mm-hmm. you have... Jared Goff on your team. You're a Jared Goff fantasy manager, and you're really yeah. excited about the way that he opened. And that was great. He opened this year 13 and a half, 26, 14.8, 32.2. And then the last three, 5, 1, 18. So Jared Goff was a top six fantasy quarterback for a minute there. He was and, for a hot, hot second. For a hot second. Now he's dropped all the way to quarterback 15. So I don't think he'll drop as low as he dropped last year when he was in the 20s. He was not but, good last year. But the resurgence, you were hoping for maybe like a Geno Smithian sort of resurgence from sure. Jared Goff, you're not going to get it. And yeah, that's the L for me. The L for me is that the fact that the Detroit Lions said today when they were, not today, at the trade deadline, when they traded away TJ Hawkinson, their general manager flat out said, we're still in building mode, he said. We're still in building mode. You're not still in building mode if you have your quarterback. If you have a quarterback, that's right. That's right. And I think they made the call. I think it was a a great story for the first month of the season. But I think the Lions are absolutely going to be in the quarterback market this upcoming season. I think so too. But the problem with the Lions, Bruce, is they can draft a quarterback number one, number two overall, whatever it is. It does not fundamentally solve the problems that franchise has right now. Because it's mostly a quarterback, a quarterback does not solve their issues. They had up until that New England game, they had the number two scoring offense in football. So you can replace Jared Goff, but it does not fundamentally change a damn thing of what they do defensively. Because no. defensively, I am an Aaron Glenn fan. I think he's a good coach. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I, if you watch that Miami film, Bruce, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to delve into that. It's one of the most puzzling games of football called by a defensive coordinator I've ever seen. Like running, Bruce, there was a coverage on one, I think it was the Jalen Waddle touchdown where they lined up in cover zero, Bruce, and they lined up their four defensive backs in coverage 
at 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, all lined up on the same plane together. And they blitzed everyone, except for those. It was a cover zero blitz with four guys all standing at 15 yards, giving Waddle and Tyree Kill a 15-yard jump start to, to dictate the terms of the play. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a coach call a defense as if he feels he has like, you know, five hall of famers on it. That's how he calls his defense. They're 32nd in every single statistical category defensively. I just, I, I don't know. They're not as bad as Aaron Glenn is putting them in position to be. And it's too bad because frankly, Bruce, he was a finalist for more than one head coaching job last year. He's done. The performance we've seen from him, he's he may never be a defensive coordinator again, Bruce. And his good buddy, Dan Campbell, is falling on the sword for him. They fired the defensive backs coach, and that's fine. You could fire the defensive backs coach. But his good buddy has fallen on the sword. If I was Aaron Glenn, I might resign. That's how bad it's been in, in, in Detroit. And I want to root for Detroit. What is not rootable for Detroit, Bruce? I mean – they're a franchise that has yet to really figure it out. They might be the they might be the most down bad franchise in professional sports. Can't get out of their own way. Just can't. And do it. Dan Dan Campbell's probably gonna get fired soon. He's probably got this year, and he's probably gonna have the first six to eight games next year. If it looks like this next year, Bruce, he's gone. I think he's a good coach. So, my winner, T.J. Hawkinson. My loser, Jared Goff. Your winner, Devin Duvenier. Your loser. Who was your loser? Uh, the Colts. Just, the just Col- Colts. Colts. Just, just Colts in general. In general. The Colts. Yeah, just general Colts. General Colts. We did it. Nate, the we Colts. did the thing. The Colts. The thing has been done. The thing has just, been done. The deed has been done. Just muttering underneath your breath, the Colts. The Colts. Just the Colts. The That's Colts. it. Nothing more. Just the Colts. For those of you who are watching live, for those of you who are listening later, we greatly appreciate you coming to see us tonight. We hope that you had fun. We hope you had a couple drinks. But mm. most importantly... You had to have. We, we did a drinking game. So. We, we did a drinking game, so you had to have. Yeah. But most importantly, we hope you didn't leave hungry.